Welcome to the Cosmic Consciousness Cafe, Star Seed Ascension School podcast, where we explore the depths of spirituality and unlock the secrets of the universe. Embodied Ascended Master Samporna is your host. I am Ansara, and along with Sharamia, we are your co-hosts. Together, we are modern-day mystics. It is such a rare opportunity to have a conversation with an Ascended Master who incarnated to be here at this time of great ascension to help guide and protect humanity and our beautiful planet Gaia. Master Samporna unveils the secrets of the invisible world of energy to help you elevate your consciousness, awaken your evolutionary potential, learn about self-healing, longevity and your intuitive powers. You'll get to see Samporna in rare form as he is usually teaching in client healing sessions or protecting the planet. There is a good chance that this is going to feel like learning a new language. It is such an opportunity to be receptive and to lean in and receive what's being shared. We look forward to being your celestial guides on this journey towards spiritual truth and enlightenment. Back again. Welcome everyone to Cosmic Consciousness Cafe. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, it's lovely to have you back and to talk to you again about being an ascended, an embodied ascended master. And we did a part one because it's quite a story and we can break this story down. Whew. In fact, I looked at what you spoke about last time and there's probably half a dozen podcasts just breaking down. So I'll just yeah. recap a little about what we spoke about. Sure. And I felt part two today would be really nice bringing in some stories about some of your experiences and some Ooh. challenges. There's lots of stories. Yes, <clears throat> what, it, what it's like <clears throat> to be you, just to help our listeners sure. really relate, relate to you. And what we spoke about last time is that you know your embodied ascended master and you know your sole purpose and mission has been the keeper of infinite eternal living light on the planet. In your words, a big remit. And that you spent years and timeless work clearing density off the planet. That's been a huge role for you to really prepare the planet for this time of ascension. And then you spoke about <laughs> how... I'm laughing because I, it's re I'm recalling stories and aspects in and around that. Yeah. That one actually just uh, popped up about uh, the Martians. Ah. Yeah, when you were talking about that aspect, yeah. Working tirelessly for uh, two and a bit months to clear the Martians from aspects of our consciousness. People go, Martians? What, really? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amongst hundreds, thousands of different star nations. Do they have little antennas like they're depicted in cartoons? Uh, yeah, they do all look very different. Yeah, they do all look very different. Uh. Yeah. Uh, some of the star nation beings are really beautiful and, and others are... Uh, Let's just say a little bit interesting. Suppose it's all in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Well, it it becomes with their yeah. what's their purpose? Yeah. Yeah. 
Is it interesting, just on that point, before I, I know I was going to recap, but let's just digress because okay. that's what I love about podcasts. Yeah, that's it. We're just, where, where do we... Where do we flow with what comes up? Does it fascinate you? Because I know it does me because I'm with you all the time and I get to hear what things look like. And we watch movies and you see cartoons, you see things in Hollywood. Are you blown away about the accuracy of how some of these beings are depicted, that they actually do look like that? Yeah, they do look exactly like that. So it, I'm not surprised now after the years of uh, really being spiritually attuned and open but the accuracy in these films are really documentaries and they must have some very switched on psychic abilities of some of their advisors and people that work with them because Mm. it is exactly the images that I see of them and the images that I may see of these beings or aspects that are uh, that are around us in certain dimensions or consciousness that I've not seen them in the TV or on these documentaries, but it's exactly how I see them and then I see them. And it's like, oh, well, someone really knows what that's like. Mm-hmm. And you often hear that truth is crazier than fiction. That's a bit true on this planet at the moment. <laughs> yeah, well, the planet's going through, you know, the greatest ascension of all time and, and we've really moved from these spiritual aspects you know, in and around the ninth to 15th dimension into an infinite number of dimensions that are now available to us. So the experiences that we're having as multidimensional beings has changed exponentially in the last four years. Mm. Massive, massive, massive change. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the old school spiritual healers and teachers, they, they may have missed some of these... Uh, alterations and changes that have come forward in time. Yeah. So what would be an example of that? Uh, the the awareness that we have to be as precise that I spoke about before as dropping a grain of sand from a plane at 30,000 feet and retrieving that grain of sand off of the beach, imprecise in the words that we utilise to know mm-hmm. who, what, where and why we are connecting with beings or ascended masters or the angelics to make sure they're of the infinite, eternal, living light, love and life force aspects of Source Creator. Because without those words, it's Russian roulette and you may be connecting with the right aspects of consciousness or not. And that is that is the, the biggest piece that I've noticed. Mm. Yeah, that's the biggest piece. That unfortunately, we didn't have to be as precise as we have to be now. And you were saying that's because the planet has become galactic and there's yes. a greater range of players in all realms. Yeah, there are. And these, these players are now really stepping forward and that's what we're seeing on Unwind right in our faces. Mm. You know, they're... they're that things are far more transparent now and we can see what's going on, whereas these beings and their agendas have been there for eons of time, but they're now really being in our awareness. Mm. It's really there. I guess we've digressed a little from the Martians. (laughs) However, what you're talking about, again, is another podcast that would be well worth doing is talking about the agendas on the planet, but more from this spiritual perspective of your ability to see through the layers of consciousness and see what they're up to in the etheric realms? Yes, and, and you know, a lot of the time, unfortunately, with Hollywood, the, the 
the galactic teachers of light are some of the most beautiful divine beings that you could ever connect with and like with humanity 99% of everyone is beautiful and it's just the odd 1% and and it's the same in the spiritual realm and it's the same in the extraterrestrial ultra terrestrial galactic teachers realm too 99% are absolutely beautiful beings that we can connect with and work with mm-hmm. So it's just that unfortunately with with many it conjures up images of Independence Day and some of these movies and everything else. Oh, they're going to come here with their ray guns and, you know, and do horrible things to us where it's um, it's really, yes, that could happen, but there's an equal, even a more amount of beautiful beings that are here supporting us. We just digress there. Yeah, we, we did. We, it it feels like a bit of a meander tonight. And it, you talked about how your shift has been focusing on where we're going with humanity, applying universal law, laws of one, uh, the changes of the aspects of reality on the planet for the betterment of humanity. Now, I love all that, and I feel we'll bring that forward in another podcast or two or three. <laughs> There's plenty mm-hmm. of content there to... to um, talk about however tonight we're really going to ask you some of your personal stories and uh one of the one of the questions we had for you was what was some of the challenges you've experienced through your awakening um the really what comes up there is the the realization of who i am and why i'm here from what I perceive to be a normal guy living in a small town in New Zealand uh, to then having the realisation in talking with the other Ascended Masters and them saying to me who I am. And it's like, what? Me? And they're like, yeah. And that's a big piece and I can feel it inside, like it comes with a really level of... What's the words? What's the feelings I'm feeling like? Uh, um, an expansiveness, but then also uh, an aspect of wow. Okay, then that that puts my life onto a whole different trajectory because I know then that the the feelings and what I see and, and an understanding then of why I've got these quite profound psychic abilities that why I've been embodied with those. Mm-hmm. You know? But I've had to switch them on like like everybody. But that that whole piece there, yeah, in that realisation and then really stepping into that and really stepping into my soul name of Sam Porna, it took me many years mm-hmm. to, to, to be able to wear my soul name because I, I wasn't ready for it when I was in India. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am now, and then the more that we do embody who we are and understand why we're here, then more and more just gets offered to us. Then for us to explore deeper aspects of ourself and myself, and understanding then more in that aspect of servitude for humanity and fully aligning with that, because there's not many of us, and that realization then in knowing that there's not many of us embodied here. You know, at this time, yes, we can have had other past lives in, you know, different realms. But when you're then embodied with that level of consciousness, it it 
there's a very deep aspect there. It's like it puts me into the lineage of Yeshua, Jesus, and the other ascending masters, and mm. you know why we're here at this time. Um, because we have to be embodied and hold this consciousness to be able to change where we're going. And that was a big piece for me, and I, and I can feel it. It is now. Mm. And I was told too by the ascended masters in all of the work over the years that I've been doing, I was the first ascended master embodied that was actually then offered a promotion. Wow. Let's say, and offered a promotion from the the tireless work that I've been undertaking for all of these years and not needing any recognition. I don't need a, a thank you or millions of people to say that, but the first embodied ascended master to be asked to join the aspect of the creator gods in the Elohim in the physical form. Mm. The first ever. Wow, that's extraordinary. Which is big. Like, it's really, really big. Yeah, it's really big. And then seeing myself walk up those steps and actually accept that. I remember when, when that happened, you were really, like, sat on the edge of the bed yeah, trying like to come to terms like in, with it. You know, in tears to my eyes in, in that aspect. So it's, you know, it, it's an uncomplicated life I live. However, it's a very deep life because... I notice and am aware of so much. Do you remember what was the moment or how were you told that you're an embodied ascended master? Uh, I remember connecting with Master Kathumi uh, one evening and and he said to me, you know, Master, cause he, because he calls me Master Samporna, and he said, Master Samporna, you know that you sit at the table with us, with the other ascended masters? And I was like, no, I didn't. And he said, you do. And he said, in aspects of your dream space, when you remember your dream in the morning, some people, I have to entrain myself to remember my dreams. Some people are naturally, every night they remember their dreams. With me, I have to entrain myself and remember to remember to hold an intention that I will remember my dreams. And he said to us, do you, do you sit at this table with us, with your consciousness? And he, and he showed me that. And it was beautiful to see my spot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful to see my spot there with the other Ascended Masters. And and a lot of people ask me, well, how do you know that you're Ascended Master? Some people, are, you know, they have a tall poppy syndrome. And like I shared before, there's not many of us that you're here, you know, saying that we are, you know, Masters, because it's just not in our remit to be that type of person. Uh, yeah, so a lot of reverence. Yeah, and that, that was that point. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Well, we all know you are. Like, We absolutely experience your profound abilities. I mean, the stories that I can share with everybody, some of the experiences that um, I've had with you and some of the funny stories I can share too, I thought it'd be quite funny to share. <laughs> yeah, just, there's, just, there uh, are a lot of funny stories. Like, yeah. it's a very serious, it's like being a CEO of... Uh, you know, blue chip company, you know, you have vast responsibilities, not just to you, but uh, uh, the employees and the team and the shareholders and everything else. And it, and it is that, but I inject and bring forward a lot of fun and, and it, and it has to be fun because it's that aspect of joy and fun that for me enables me to be who I am with everything that I see and experience on a, second by second aspect because wherever I put my attention I I am there at Mm. click of the fingers and we have to be very precise on 
oh well where do we <laughs> where do we want to go and where do we have permission to go and start looking because within a click of the fingers i could be remote viewing somewhere mm. and i could be remote viewing somewhere that i actually don't have permission to go and start looking into well you've had that experience where alarms have gone off and <laughs> yeah they, they have yes they have when i when i was over in uh in arizona um for uh, an alchemy conference um i was asked when when the when the conference finished i was then asked to go and hire a car and this is why i was there and then it was the same weekend that they had one of their nascar type races on and there weren't any cars left at all when I was phoning up in the whole state of Arizona to be hired because they'd all gone. And and someone said, oh, you need to use this company or try over here and they've got a car. And it was like, oh, okay, that was like the last car that you could hire because I was being told I needed to go to the most haunted place in in America. <laughs> so there's some interesting I'm glad stories. I wasn't with you then. <laughs> yeah, into Jerome. If anyone's been to America, into Jerome. J E R O M E in in America is one of the most haunted places. When I ask again in in uh, in in America, and uh, uh, when I was asked to travel there, it was interesting because I didn't have a GPS and didn't know which way I was going. And I followed some of the major signs, but then it was like the road was being illuminated for me to get there. It was literally being illuminated in front of me as I was driving. There was like a gold light coming up to a roundabout and it was like okay you need to turn left here okay turn left there and then it was up to set of lights oh you need to turn right here and I managed to find myself there and uh, and it was interesting climbing up it was an old mining town and climbing up as we were going up the mountain uh, the energies really shifted and changed and I was like this feels you know a bit interesting and the perception when I was driving past people's homes, it was like, wow, these people that live here must be having some interesting experiences at nighttime with, you know, things shifting and curtains moving and just the spirit that were around. And I went right to the very top of the the mountain there and there was a, um, a hotel at the top. And oh, my God, like, I don't mind, you know, haunted places, but there... Wow, if you stayed in there, you I, you probably would not get any sleep. You probably wouldn't get any sleep at all. You know, I could see all of the spirits in there and like the curtains moving and it's like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe people would stay in there. Because it, it takes a lot of energy for spirits to start to move things and with poltergeists, you know, and in that place you would absolutely feel it, you know, and see it. Even, you know, very kind of normal people. Mm-hmm. But you're right, yes, I was asked to, to do a little piece of work there and it was one of my first experiences with uh, with extraterrestrials. And I, I did a piece of work there in Jerome and I should say it was one of the most haunted places in America because it's not now because of the amount of clearing work that I did there. Oh, did you? That's what you were asked to do. But I, but I remoted in, yes, I was in a mountain and I remoted down in, in through this mountain and there was... a an underground base there and I at that time wasn't as precise as I should be on whether I had permission to start remote viewing down there and seeing what's going on and I didn't and all these alarms were going off uh, as I went down there and was like 
when you see all these some of these movies of underground bases and places you know you have these big massive doors and i was like oh, i was just cruising kind of through them as you do in your you know etheric self yeah and then all these alarms started going off and i started getting into some of these more sensitive areas and uh you know i got out of there pretty damn pretty damn quick <laughs> we could make lots of movies out of yeah, stories like, yeah and it leads on to another then when i came back to new zealand uh these beings then followed because I think I was flying out the next day from uh, from America back to New Zealand, and then had some interesting experiences with some extraterrestrials. They weren't happy about you spying. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was quite interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, quite interesting. But I have daily experiences like that mm. on a daily basis, and you'll know from from living with me, and and it's uh, oh, it's constant. We can't watch a movie. Or, you know, I remember one day you were standing, gesturing with your arms, going like this at the screen door. And I said, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, there's a couple of, um, we call them Ds, you know, distortions, entities outside the door. And I'm I'm sending them love. And they're saying, get that shit off me. Yeah. <laughs> and they took off. <laughs> yeah, and that's why people say to send love to them because... It's like putting holy water on vampire. that being, yeah, a vampire or that being that's red with red horns and likes to live in fire and aspect of consciousness. They, they really don't enjoy it at all, which is why we can give them more of that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yes, yeah, so mm. many experiences. So, yeah, ask me, oh. yeah, ask see. Well, we've oh, got questions. Yes, we've got a, a question to end on, but I'll just quickly yeah. tell the funeral story. So I, you know, obviously we experience going to funerals, and I get a running commentary from Master Sam Porner. The first thing everyone who's died, the deceased party, they come and sit directly with you, and they say, "Why can't anyone see me?" And then you you proceed to talk to them and reassure them, and um, it's always lovely hearing that from you. And then. It's amazing now how commonly the deceased being will stand with a person talking about them or sit on their casket. And most commonly when the casket's taken out, they're sitting on the casket riding out with it. And we even had a friend who was a motorbike rider and they brought in a motorbike casket and he was sitting right on the top with his legs dangling over as we were driving behind the yeah, it was woohooing and the parade fun, yeah. that was going to the burial site, and then most commonly, they stand inside the down in the hole, and yeah. as people are throwing flowers to them onto their casket, they're standing mm. there with them going through their etheric body, trying to catch the flowers, <laughs> and and that's beautiful. Like it's a real privilege to sit there and hear these stories of of actually that person who's transitioned out of the physical body, that they are very present at their own funeral. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and with their loved ones, and a lot of loved ones, you know, they're very close in those two weeks after um, leaving the physical body, which is why a lot of family members and friends, you know, see them or might see them out the corner of their eyes or, or feel them around them. It's just a shame that there's not enough training for people to realise that they are there, it's just that they're through that veil of consciousness that is accessible by everybody. That you know your soul spirit is eternal, and they're there with you. It's just tuning in from like a radio station from ninety-two point one to ninety-one point three. Yeah, so that, that it would be lovely for more active 
information to be relayed to family members and to people before you do cross over that this is the process and there is the stairway to heaven and yes there is that opportunity where every second of your whole life in this timeline and in this lifetime is reviewed and it is every second and every single thought absolutely is reviewed <laughs> so uh yeah we have opportunities then to know that yeah. that that does happen that review does happen mm. yeah that that review does happen and one one funny little moment when we were driving in melbourne and a, a hearse went past us on the freeway with the casket in the back and you turned to me you go you wouldn't believe what i'm looking at and i said come on tell me and he said the the spirit of the deceased person is sitting on their casket with their legs hanging outside the car. And you could just picture that in a movie, but you just don't consider that Master Sam Porner is just able to see that. And here I am driving along thinking it's just a casket and it's a car going past, but yet you're seeing what the actual spirit of that person yeah, yeah, is up to. Yeah, he's travelling to his own funeral, yeah. But hanging out the side of the car. That's right, yeah, yeah. just with his, the physical body there, yeah, just travelling yeah. along the, yeah. the freeway. Yeah, incredible. We've got so many stories that we can share, but I've got the delightful Evie here who has saved up a question for you for us to finish. Oh, goody. For us to finish on. Master Santona, how do you keep yourself sane, having super consciousness, being so tuned into seeing, hearing, sensing? How do you do that and deal with your kids' day-to-day -day life, even going to the supermarket, pretending to be normal? It's a great question because um, it's a balancing act. It's a balancing act. And you'll see a lot of psychic people might wear hats or, um, you know, objects to close down their crown chakra or their, their psychic abilities when they're at the supermarket or if they're in uh places just with their family but because it, it it can be all consuming it can be all consuming and i'm really pleased that yes i had psychic um abilities when i was young but I, they weren't really switched on you know i'd have i would have aspects of yes seeing my future and and things that were going to unfold but it really came on for me you know, in my 30s, where I had enough understanding and maturity then to start to have to deal with it. Because it, it can be relentless. Um, you know, my youngest son said, oh, Dad, um, when we go to the supermarket, switch on all of your psychic abilities, you know, and let me know who's in there. Because I've programmed myself that if I'm going to the supermarket, I don't want to be wide open. I don't want to be tuning into Beryl who's there buying some bananas and a pineapple you know I'm just going in there to do my own shopping so for me it's a great question because when I'm in service or when I'm teaching psychic development or teaching the workshops at Starseed Ascension School everything's opened up to 100% but when I go into the supermarkets or just my everyday or if I'm skiing with the children or fishing in, in let's just call it normal life that my psychic abilities have switched down to just 55%. So I'm still open, I can still perceive, but I have to then ask, okay, if I want to tune into Beryl, who's got a blue rinse, 
uh, and if I want to see all of her loved ones or family members with her, then I have to ask to see that. It's not on 100%. So it, it and that really came to me when uh, when I was starting early on, just going out for meals or just in environments with a lot of people around, their guides would come to me and say, oh, can you please tell them that they've got breast cancer or can you tell them that this is going on in their body or can you please tell them that this is going on? And and it can be a lot when you're seeing, hearing and perceiving that all the time. So, you know, we are in control of that. We are in control of that. And there's some real aspects for parents these days that have children that are really actually quite open because the children that are coming forwards now and that are being born now are being born as multidimensional beings. You know, the, the carbon element in their DNA strands that we've had that we can then change to crystalline light, theirs is already fully activated. They're coming in remembering who they are and not having to wait 30, 40 years to remember that. They're coming in already switched on. So there's an opportunity there really for a lot of parents to really, you know, encourage that within their children because they can then be diagnosed as ADD, ADHD, special children, you know, be medicated with Ritalin and shut down. And I oh, you know you don't have imaginary friends and, you know, all of these experiences that they're having when they are having them. So, yeah, for me, it, it, it takes practice. It, you know, it takes practice to hold that to when I want to see and perceive things that I can to 100%, but when I don't, I don't because it's, it can be all-consuming. All and, and you're going to push you over is, that edge. Because it is in all aspects. Mm. If I'm just sitting down watching the TV and if someone's died or if someone, you know, on the screen isn't living anymore, their spirit can be in the front room straight away. Yeah, well, that happened when we watched that American film that all those men died on that oil rig and they were putting up the credits of all the 13 deceased and you turned and looked oh, at me with right. a tear in your eye and you said, they're all standing here in front of me wanting me to pass them over. Uh, Deepwater Horizon, I think yeah. it was, that, that film with Mark Wahlberg when the oil rig went up. Mm. Yeah, they hadn't gone all goosebumpy now. They hadn't all crossed over, and that, that's it, just in that aspect, oh, I'm just switching off watching a movie. Boom, here they are, they're in your, your front room because you're, you're able to, well, I'm able to connect with them, mm. and it was beautiful there helping them to cross over because they hadn't, they hadn't, they hadn't crossed over. If if we if we have a very traumatic or very quick passing when the physical body dies, sometimes the spirit doesn't have the opportunity to really leave the body and cross over into those higher realms and can get stuck here on the earth plane. Mm. And that's what happened to some of those. And it actually happened to uh, some miners over here in New Zealand when we had our, one of our worst workplace fatalities on the west coast with the mine that blew up because they didn't have robust safety procedures. And it was the same thing when I heard about that, going on goosebumpy nows. And, and I have that a lot. You know, I could tune into them all behind me and I can see them all just standing in the wings here because when I talk about people in spirit, it's like, you know, they're here at the click of a finger. Mm. So I have to be very mindful on where am I putting my attention. I'm I'm far be, more be, because we can be connecting, or I can be mm. connecting to something very quickly. When we start playing in super consciousness, we we have to be masterful. And what I don't really have thoughts because I don't live in my head in the third dimension. I live 
in the organic divine blueprint of my sacred heart space, which is before any thought. But we have to be very masterful on that, extremely masterful, because it could get into problems going remote viewing somewhere that I don't have permission to mm. be doing, which is why I don't. So you, we can't focus on that, otherwise you're there within a second. Yeah, so it's a great question. And a lot of the time I do wear a cap in some of those situations too, because just as you shared with, you know, the casket with, you know, someone uh, who had passed over and left their physical body, you could connect to that. The supermarket could instantly connect with anyone. It could instantly start like Anthony William and just coding and having a little look at any illnesses or diseases in someone. But but do I want to be when I'm just switching off? No, no, I, I don't. No, so there, there comes down to a level of permission too. Do I have permission to start to remote view into these areas or permission to go and tell somebody, oh, your guide's telling me, oh, when I look in here, mm. yeah, you're on the cusp of cancer or did you know you've actually got cancer or things? You know, it's not it's not appropriate for me uh, to be putting myself into those spaces. So Yeah, and it's it's like I've learnt now not to ask you something or tell you something or I'll mention to you, look, protect yourself before I say this um, because, yeah, you you would go crook at me because I would bring something in straight away. And that's been interesting for me too. It's some of the most beautiful gifts. I, I don't want to put anyone off switching on your psychic oh, no, abilities. it's wonderful. Or your psychic side. It is amazing. It really is, and it really is a privilege. Mm. It's then just the dealing with that, because a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to have all the psychic abilities you do. And I ask them, do you really want to? Like, it's lovely when I go and walk in nature and in the woods and see the elementals and chat with them, and they're so playful and lovely. It's beautiful. But it also then comes on the other side if, oh, you're just going to the movies, and then you could be tuning in to everyone that's sitting in the movies with you. Or you could be instantly tuning in and like mm. the movie we watched on the TV and then they're here in your reality, which which is beautiful again to help them cross over. But it it it's it can be continual. Yeah, it can be continual because every time a spirit knows that you can see them, typically they will come into your awareness or be standing right there next to you. Mm. Which is lovely. Again, we've had some beautiful conversations with oh, Freddie Mercury and yeah. Princess Diana and Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, because we watched their and, making of their life. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. It really is because they know. Then even you're watching them on the screen. That um, who was it? Was it uh, was it Freddie Mercury? That was it. Was the first time then that he had seen himself in the movie that they made about Freddie Mercury because he was standing in there lounge with us watching himself on the movie watching himself back it's but you had to help beautiful. him to feel better about himself and that he could re-embody how he looked at the best moment of his life because he didn't look real flash when he came through you said and you had a chat to him now you might feel him he's just on our left shoulder oh, i've always enjoyed when freddie comes <laughs> and sees us uh, and i know that because i go goosebumpy mm. and i can see him here and I can see um, his suit that he's wearing. I helped him because he had levels of regret. He he made a vast amount of money, but he felt there that did he utilise that in the best way possible? That Yes, he had some foundations, but he, he felt that he'd wasted a lot of his time and his money. 
Um, but what I what I helped him with there was to have a little look at when he looked at Live Aid, that you know it was I think the single biggest uh, televised event anywhere in the world, and I think it still is with the billions of people that tuned in with that when Bob Gildor organised mm. it, you know, to feed the world. And and I reminded Freddie that that was when they came on. I'm going on really goosebumpy because he's here. He's singing behind me now. Another one by the dust. <laughs> <laughs> he's right behind me. Uh, that I reminded him that that's when the cash registers really started to flow. When Queen came back together and they were on stage, you know, and, and without Queen being there and Freddie, they would not have raised, you know, a tenth of the money that they actually did for the good causes there that Bob Geldof really pulled together. Mm. You know, and and he could then really see a different aspect of him, of himself. Then, yeah, and and it was beautiful because there, there's sometimes we have this little tunnel vision that we actually don't see the greatness on who we are. So it was beautiful mm-hmm. to have those conversations too, and and that's part of the, the beauty of when we do switch our psychic abilities on it, and it is a real gift, and I do love it, and I, I don't take it lightly then by being able to help spirit cross over into mm. spirit or being able to talk to Freddie Mercury and is there or anything Freddie Princess Diana say? or, you know, anyone else like that, that, uh, that when, when we have these gifts and a humbleness that we can really, we can really transform and change the world really quite profoundly. Uh, anything from Freddie? Uh, let's ask him. Uh, he's given me actually a little message for myself. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he's given me a little message for me. He's, he's saying to me, and that's the beauty of it when you um, when you talk with um, beings in spirit. And I just check to make sure too, because we have to be very proficient on who we're tuning in with. You know, we didn't used to have to worry so much or ask three times, and I just asked this consciousness of Freddie that I'm seeing here that I'm tuning in with. Is it of the infinite, eternal, living light, love and life force aspects of source creator and asking three times? Because then in the spiritual law, they have to present themselves if they are that individual spirit that I'm seeing and not an imposter there that's coming through like that. Um, So he was saying to me about stepping more into my creativity and my creative flow. And he's saying that I will see more of that aspect from my work and the energy healing work that I uh, that I support people with in in them regaining their health and with me playing more with uh, with more of consciousness on a lighter level yeah because being the keeper of the infinite eternal living light um, it can get a little bit sticky at times and my new focus in where I'm being directed as a soul now is in the evolution of humanity and focusing on that. But with, you know, these aspects of consciousness now and where we can pull aspects from the non-visible into the physical form, which I've not completed yet, but we're working at such a high level that we, we can start to have that in our reality. And some of these pieces here, and, and not from me wanting to be a shaman, and it's not something that I'm focusing on, but it, it's 
that aspect that Freddie's saying is uh, bringing more of that lightness, joyful aspect that we are looking for in humanity on the planet too, because it can be a bit sticky at times, let's, let's be honest. So helping humanity shift into more of that aspect of joy and love and peace and connectiveness uh, is really what I'm excited about. And that's what he was sharing. So, yeah, bringing in some more of that, which is great. My music. Yeah, and aspects of music. And I love mm. music. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a big oh, piece thanks, of Thanks, Freddie. I always love it when he visits us. And he's yeah. also saying there to, uh, as a message on the greater side for everybody, yeah, bring bring that love and that joy into your into your heart spaces. You know, it's be be a inner child aspect of yourself because it can get it can get too serious at times. So have some fun. No. Yeah. Have fun and be fun. Beautiful. Mm. Oh, that's a beautiful. We could moment. really talk here for hours, so yeah. it's nice to really, um, yeah, to keep these on. Uh, I know on point because we never really know where they're going to go because it depends on what comes up. Or, mm. um, yeah, and and that's part of the podcast with the Cosmic Consciousness Cafe. It's really having a. It's like having a chinwag. Yeah, just having a <clears throat> cacao. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's lovely to be able to share my insights and my experiences because my my beingness in being here is for the betterment of humanity. It's not about me. You know, I step out of the way and, you know, forgive myself, for, you know, my family and, and sometimes the time and attention that's required to put into the work here for humanity because we've we've got some work to do. But we have climbed a very steep mountain and we are uh, somewhat near the top of that. Like the, the amount of evolutionary transformation that we've seen in ourselves and on the planet in such a short period of time has been incredible. There's still work to do and a lot of people sometimes say, oh, we're there now, we've finished it all and it's all love and light. And, and it's not quite that. If, if you hold an aspect of Buddha... Uh, where you can hold that architecture and hold your frequency at that level, yes. But in the intricacies of building that framework and fortifying your energy field in your Merkaba and keeping your chakras fully open and your axitonial lines and nodal centers and that interaction with the whole glandular system, yes, once everything's fully balanced, then yes. Consistently is. sustained energy. Yes. Mm, that's what we all want. Mm, but we've got to create that architecture, like you say, within the light yeah. bodies. Mm, beautiful. Thank you, Master Semporna. That was wonderful. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. We enjoyed that. I'm sure you'll enjoy it too, and we'll bring more stories forward. And yeah. It's There's never of... a dull moment no. in my reality. <laughs> and it's lucky you have that's such a great sure. sense of humour. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to keep it like yes. Keep it lighthearted, have some fun, bring joy into your life, bring that inner mm. child aspect out. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Don't take it too seriously. Because when you're on the evolutionary journey, it can be a little bit sticky when you're having to sometimes release yourself from um, habitual patterns or relationships that are non-conducive for mm. you now. So, you know, as we start to transition and grow, 
it, it, it can be a little bit tough. Yeah. So be lighthearted and there is beautiful light at the end of the tunnel. It does get far easier. Yeah, we do it. laugh a lot. <laughs> Got it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and we look forward to the next podcast. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look forward to connecting with you all again. That's a wrap for this episode of Cosmic Consciousness Cafe, Star Seed Ascension School. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the invisible world of energy and gained new insights to further your spiritual journey. A big thank you to our hosts, Sam Porna and Sarah and Sharamia, for sharing their knowledge, guidance and wisdom with us today. If you love these podcasts and you want full access to Master Samporna and Sarah and Sharamia's recorded material, go to Starseed Ascension School. We're offering a 14-day free trial with unlimited access to everything. Remember to subscribe to the Cosmic Consciousness Cafe Starseed Ascension School podcast and please leave a review to support the show and to help us create content that resonates with you, our spiritual community.